Hello, 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 hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As always, such a pleasure to see you and to hang out with you. We've had such a good time. The last few weeks have been pivotal, honestly, for me and for many of you who've kept hearing back from you. Uh, if you're joining us for the very first time, welcome to this family. My name is B3 and I am just here to share with you from the word of God, the greatest treasure I know. And that's not a nice thing to say, I mean it. It's the one thing that has completely changed my life and given me an opportunity to live a significant life. So, welcome. Thank you for being here. Those of you who are part of the family already, always good to see you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing these videos. Thank you for inviting friends and family and for your huge support um, to the this, this thing that we do together. Faith Boosters just began out of pure obedience to God and it has been such a blessing to so many. Very, very thankful. So thank you for joining in. We've been having a conversation, been talking about that, and we've spent three weeks so far talking about it. So if you're joining us for the first time, you can go to the YouTube channel or on Facebook, and you'll be able to find links to the other teachings that we've done together since we started this July 2021. So we started by talking about be believing and not unbelieving. And remember, I, I just talked about the fact that it's possible to be unbelieving and a believer who unbelieves. The greatest work of children of God is to believe because God has provided, but faith receives what God has provided. I can provide for you a meal at my home, but if you never show up because you didn't believe me, you will not enjoy it. So be believing and not unbelieving. And we say that it begins with a state of the heart, of the heart, of, of saying, what are you most aware of? Are you aware of what God has done or what the enemy is doing? And we had a whole teaching on that, preparing or creating an awareness you know, that, that your faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. We then talked about the beginning of inheritance being a knowledge. But if you don't even know you have an inheritance, you cannot possess it. And the next thing we talked about, which many of us don't enjoy too much, but now you're enjoying it, is warfare. The fact that there is warfare between knowing you have an inheritance and actually possessing it. You have to go and fight to take it. The devil is not sitting there thinking, okay, God gave you perfect health, have it. All right, you're already wealthy, have it. No, he's planting. And we realize that our warfare is not natural. It's in the mind. The enemy is fighting your mind to make sure you do not believe what God has said. And therefore, you do not possess your inheritance. But we are engaging warfare in the place of prayer. And, and, and don't knowing that prayer is not a place to report the devil. But it's where we activate our sonship and we take a hold of what has been given to us. I'm actually reminded of the scripture in Romans 12 too, that says that we do not conform to the patterns of this world but we are transformed we are changed we complete become completely new people how by the renewing of our mind and it's the word of god that goes into the mind and changes us into different people if you want to change a person change their way of thinking it's as simple as that many of us are fighting the fruit but when you change the way someone thinks then they are able to live differently because we live from our mind we live from what we think. If today I think I'm nothing, I will live as nothing. If I change my mind and renew it and realize that I am precious to God, I live as a precious person. So it depends on, on how we think of ourselves. And that's why we shouldn't be judgmental. We should teach the heart. Like if you find a young woman dressed a certain way that doesn't represent her as a child of God, don't judge her. Teach her who she is. The dress code will change without you ever addressing it. Why? We live from how we think. And that's why God was so crazy about the people who brought a bad report, the 12 spies who went and came back and said, there, there are giants in the land. He said it was an evil report. 
he called it evil why he said that they made the people fear therefore they would never enter the promised land so god doesn't fear is not cute but fear comes with when we come from a place of not knowing what belongs to us we start to know what what other things that are contrary and we can be deceived by the enemy because he walks around looking who to for who to devour who to lie to and he finds a mind that has no knowledge of the things of god or he will plant lies and all we will believe them and all we'll see a harvest of lies because it's just like a garden our hearts are gardens if you don't plant in the seed of the word weeds grow how the enemy will keep planting he finds empty ground he'll plant and choke the word the, the bible in, in the bible jesus talks tells a parable about how while men slept the enemy came and sowed tears that while you switch off when we switch off our faith and take a faith holiday the enemy comes and sows his weeds when he's always planting he doesn't take a break when you take a break from the word, he says, very good, let's put some weeds in here. And then the word grows with the weeds and they choke it and it becomes unfruitful. And we, we said we're going to go into that soon. We're going to go into Mark 4 and break down types of soil and seed and see which one you are and, and catch the enemy and how expose his tricks. But today we are now talking about from knowledge and warfare, knowledge being the word, warfare being prayer to possession. Because many of you say, yeah, I know the word, I pray, but there's still a missing link. Today I'm going to talk about the thing that many Christians don't like us to talk about. I found that this is the thing that makes some churches unpopular. I am part of Worship Harvest Ministries. And some people don't like us because of this particular aspect that I'm going to talk about. And yet without it, you will never possess your inheritance. As simple as that. And you know what that part is which Christians don't like? taking action on the word we want to discuss the word we want to pray go to prayer mountain then they tell you give your tithe you leave the church then they tell you love your wife you leave you say this people are not spiritual they tell you submit to your wife you say ah me i'm part of a movement where i mean to your husband you say ah, i'm part of a movement where women don't submit they tell you raise your children in the fear of the lord this is a judgmental like basically the moment you see the end of your faith because faith is your positive response to what christ has done by grace the end of your faith is in your actions you can't tell me you believe something and you act another way you can't say oh i really honor my husband but you you talk to him harshly and abuse him it's a lie or that you love your wife but she looks like you look so good and she looks malnourished you don't love her so it's it, you cannot say the actions are what your belief the israelites when god told them go and fight or he told them Jericho's strategy is walk around the end of their faith was in walking when they started to walk they activated the power of god because it moved from hearing and praying to taking action and today i'm going to show you scripture after scripture story after story that to possess there's someone who loves to use I think it's the it's the the Greek word for possessing in the New Testament. Lambano. I like it. It sounds good. It sounds like our local language. Lambano the word. But to take hold of the word of God, you must take action on your faith. If you believe it, where put your money where your mouth is. If you believe God is your source, why don't you give? If you believe God has told you to take care of orphans and widows, why don't you take care of some orphans and widows? If you believe God that, that God can heal, why don't you pray for the sick and they get healed? If you believe God has called you to make disciples, why are you discipling nobody? If you believe that uh, all your treasure that, that God has, made, has given you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his kingdom, why aren't you making wealth? 
eh? why aren't you out there working hard with your hands and and starting new things and, and and being excellent if you believe you have an excellent spirit why are you the one they're always following up at work all your work has to be double checked by five people before they hand it in if you believe it take action on it you will not change into another man without taking action forget it forget it you have to take action if you believe that god has, that, that 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 woman is your wife ask her out for a date for goodness sake get out of the prayer closet otherwise they will be sending you wedding invitation cards with another man and then you will blame the lord take action take action on the word of god that is the end of our possession like the end of it the point of knowing the point of praying is to take action and actually see the fruit of the thing like for real when the harvest comes go in imagine you you go you plant seeds they grow mm? you have a maize garden 10 acres the maize grows it reaches the point of harvest and then you don't go in and take the harvest it's going to rot and die and it have been a waste of time and many of us that's what is happening we are reading the word we are confessing we are praying but we're not taking any action and you know you're going to see that that becomes dangerous it doesn't it's not just it's better for you or not to know because when you know and you don't take action you're deceived more than anyone else you are completely deceived you think you know you can teach others but there's no fruit in your life be careful not to teach things that have no that have no fruit in your own life be very careful i was those people who told because you've seen it in the scriptures but meanwhile in my own life there's no, now i don't teach it unless i have fruit and evidence i don't but esther Let's talk about Queen Esther in the Bible. There's a lady called Esther. This is a young girl who became a queen. And the man was a very tough man. He had just fired his queen. I don't know if you can fire your wife, but he fired his. And he got a new one. And you know, if they released you as queen, I don't think she stayed alive, really. Because a new queen had to come into play. And Esther was the new queen. And her, her uncle who had raised her, Mordecai, came and told her, they are going to kill the Jews. You need to do something about it. The Bible says Esther first feared then she decided to do something about it. The first thing she did was prayer. She understood warfare. Deal with this thing in the spiritual realm before you deal with it naturally. Do not run to take action before you pray. Remember the point, you take action based on instruction. The instruction comes from the place of prayer and the word of God. So she prayed for three days. Even her maid servants fasted. The cows, everyone fasted. But she didn't stop at prayer and fasting. She had to take a step of faith and do what could potentially land her to her death. Go to the king without being summoned. She took action. And right there is when God's power was manifested. From the place of prayer, she went into action. She cooked a meal. She reported the man who was going to kill them. She saved a generation. Imagine if Esther had stayed in the prayer, prayer closet. Many of you need to get out of your prayer closets and take action. Stop praying about things you should be taking action on. Go pray for strength. Do the thing. Do it. Do it. You can't pray about exercise. Physical exercise, after you've prayed, go sign up in a gym, get a rope, skip. Do something beyond prayer. Well, in the book of Joshua, one of those scriptures I really love, Joshua 1.8, which many Christians have memorized. He says to Joshua, after Moses has died, God says to Joshua, do not let this book of the law, meaning you can let it. He says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Okay? But he says, meditate in it day and night. Why? This is the part which I like, because we like... That part of, yeah, me, I speak the word. But that then end there. He says, meditate in it day and night. Why? That you may be able to do according to all that is written in it. The point of knowing the word and speaking it in prayer is to do it. Because it takes courage, guys, to do the things that God tells us to do. They are so opposite of the world system. 
you need to hear God in his word. You need to pray and receive the building of your faith and then do the thing he tells you to do. It takes courage to wait. Not to live with someone before you're married. Yes, gentlemen, you know, it takes courage. Your brothers are laughing at you. Say, what are you doing? Eh, you have to test the things before you marry. And you know that the word of God doesn't allow you to do that. You have to take the risk and hope that things work. Yes. So it takes courage. That's why you have to know. That's what the Bible says. Lord, give me strength to hold on as we, as we are in a period of courtship. And take this risk. Who knows? It could or could not work. And then you get married and you continue in, in that good risk. It takes courage. That's why you pray. But you have to then take the action. He says that you that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Listen to after that there is a colon. After you have done what is written in it, he says, then you will make your way prosperous. Who makes your way prosperous? Is it God? No, you. The one who takes action on the word of God, who hears the word, meditates on it by speaking it in prayer, and then takes action on it. He says, once you take action, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Prosperity and success are in your hands. They're not in the hands of God. He has already set you up for increase. He has already cleared the way for you. There is no more condemnation before God for you in Christ Jesus. You are wired for increase. You're wired for multiplication. But to the extent that you know, you pray and you take action. Don't stop on knowing and praying. Take action. Because after that, he says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God has provided a way out for us, friends. Christians, take action. Do you know why people in the world have better results than us many times? They take action. They don't even know about the word and prayer, but they do. I was one of those people who feared to take action. I needed everything to be perfect. Now I act before I'm ready. As long as I, I suspect that I have had God in his word and I have prayed, I take action. And then God gives an increase. Take action, take action. Take. Jesus had to actually die for him to become a savior. Daniel had to go and pray at the window and they put him in the den of lions. Eh? And then Joseph had to flee from Potiphar's wife. Some of you, the action you need to take is to run. Run! You're there trying to be strong. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee. Flee. Flee sexual desire. Flee. That one is not for praying. We are there praying. She's sleeping over at your house and you're praying at night. You're playing with fire. It's going to burn you. Flee! Run away! That guy ran away. <laughs> you ever imagine Joseph running? A man running from a woman. Those are things you don't even accept in our generation where the woman was trying to rape a man. She ran, he ran away. Little boy. Some of the action you need to take is to flee. Flee from that relationship. Flee from that bribery. Flee! Take action on the word of God. One of the statements I hate so much, if you want to annoy me and you're a Christian, hmm? this is a statement you make. You ask a young man, hey, how, how are things going with your finances? I am believing God. What do you mean? You know what usually Christians do when they say I'm believing God? It's a statement we make when we don't want to take responsibility for our lives. I am believing God. The word to believe God is, to, is active. Believing God is active. It's not some passive thing where many people mean I'm waiting to see what God does. No, God is waiting on you. He has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything has been given to you. So do something with what you have. The inheritance is there. Now appropriate it. Imagine they give you an inheritance and then you go and keep it there. They ask you, I'm believing that I have an inheritance. What does that mean? You're believing you have an inheritance. Ah, uh, meaning what? 
how we know you believe it's yours is you do something with it. You increase it, you multiply it. Your belief must lead you into action. Otherwise, it is dead and you, and you might say through you, but you are being so emotional. No, I'm not. I'm a pastor. I deal with so many lazy Christians who are there telling you stories instead of taking action on the word of God. And they continue to live apart from their inheritance. Not because heaven is unwilling, but because they are lazy. Yes, the laziness, slackness. In Proverbs 10, 4, 4, 10, one of the two, one check one of those tweets correctly but it's i think it's 10 for he says that the slack hand leads to poverty that thing hit me hmm? but the hand of the diligent makes rich do you know that you don't you don't you don't you're not born poor you're not born poor it is a slack hand. A slack hand is a hand which can't hold something firmly. You see like this book, eh? when I'm holding it like this. Anytime now it will fall. It's not firm. Huh? That lack of discipline, but the hand of the diligent, someone who takes hold of something firmly and repeats a pattern, it leads to wealth. Wealth is a place you go to. Poverty is a place you go to. And poverty is not only money. It's in many places of our lives. If I hold my marriage for, it will end up with problems. My children, if I just leave them there to be raised by television, you will wonder whose children they are. You have to take firm hold of something. But James addresses this thing. So you, you will like saying, I'm believing God. If your friend tells you, I'm believing God, next time say, what do you mean? And they will fumble, I promise you. As, as in waiting to see what the Lord does. No, the Lord is waiting on you. Because he already moved. He sent his son Jesus. He died. He showed you his love. He provided grace for everyone. The same playing field. The results you have, the results I have right now in my spiritual work with God are up to me. I can't be there depending on another man's results. You have to be able to take responsibility for your results as a child of God because we have the same inheritance. God doesn't have favorite children. To the extent that we appropriate, we have knowledge, we are in warfare, and we take what belongs to us. In the book of Joshua, there's a young a man called Caleb who was one of the people who believed God. He comes when he's 80 years old and he takes and he tells Joshua, I want an extra inheritance. You can ask for more. And he says, I'm well able. Eight years, he's well able to go to. He says, I can be engaged in war. I'm well able. Give me the hardest mountain. Can you imagine? That's a man who understood this inheritance. But some of us just set off what is, whatever is available. Take more. God has so much more. He's not holding you back. Take more. God wants you to have more. David says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his goodness to me? And he says, I will take more. <laughs> I will drink of the cup of salvation. Like, how do you make God happy? You take more. You take more. Take more. More joy. More peace. More salvation. More, more favor. More inheritance. More. You bring more people to Christ. You reach more people with the gospel. You give more. You make your business multiply more. That's what gives him joy. Because when any parent wants their child to thrive, when they prosper, you're happy. You're not like, mm, that's enough prosperity. My son, stop. You're about to exceed me. No. You're like, more. More, my child. More. That's the heart of the father. In the book of James, chapter 1, because you might say, mm, these things you're saying, mm, mm, mm. no, let's see what James says. And James was the brother of Jesus. In the book of James chapter 1 from verse 22, James says, but you be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Have you heard that? If you don't want to deceive yourself, be, then be a doer of the word. If you want to be deceived as a Christian, you know those Christians who have big heads, full of knowledge, then zero fruit. They want to argue with you about everything. 
Meanwhile, everything is falling apart in their lives. You will not be that person. That will not be your story. Do you know how that will happen? Humble yourself and take action on the word of God. If God's word, let it be the guiding light of your life. Ask yourself every time you're in a situation, what does the word of God instruct me to do? How should I live? Because everything you need for life and godliness, it's in the word. It even tells you to pay your workers on time. Your house helps. It's there in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, if you don't pay them on time, they'll cry out to me and I'll hear them. Everything you need for life is written in the word of God. So know it. Appropriate it in prayer. Eh? Take hold of it. Meditate on it in prayer. Speak it back. What? Take your territory in the spiritual realm so that it manifests. Because the unseen creates the sin. And then take action. Get out of that, of just the spiritual and appropriate it in the natural. Do something. He says, do not become. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. The people who only hear and do nothing deceive themselves. And he goes on in, in chapter 2 and takes it a little deeper. He says in verse 14 of chapter 2, What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man says that he has faith, because many of us have faith, we've had the word of God, and has no works, can faith save him? James is telling you, your faith can save you alone. Faith alone is not enough. Yes, believing that you have an inheritance is not enough. You have to actually go and take it. That's what makes me know you believe it. Because when you believe it, you do something about it. When you believe it, you do something about it. He says, if a, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them depart in peace if you say it in a spiritual way not so you don't even say depart depart in peace be ye warmed and filled with uh, with food which food I'm hungry I don't need prayer give me food notwithstanding you give him none of those things which are needful for the body what does it profit if you come to me and you need rent and I pray for you you go away feeling like I'm so helpful no not at all. He says, even then, faith with no works is dead. Hearing the word of God and praying without taking action is dead. You know the scriptures on tithe, but all you do is argue. It's dead. It will never work for you. The thing you don't take action on will never work for you. You can either argue about it, think about it, or take action on it, and then prove and say it doesn't work. Does it work? Why do I keep talking about tithe? Why are the poor not tithing? Just start tithing. Please help us. Because your prosperity is there locked. Who does it help when you tithe? No one. You can't say, but what does the church use it for when I tithe? That's just the spirit of meanness coming upon you. You, it's not your responsibility. God will judge the church for misuse or use. You do your part. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Hmm? Love your wife. Honor your husband. People, 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 do your work well, excellently. Then God will promote you. Don't prefer a promotion when you're unfaithful at work. It will never happen because you have to take action become faithful then god in his justice will promote you honor your father and mother then you will live long and it will be well with you don't pray that it's well with you but you don't honor your father and mother with your substance money mullah cash that's a teaching for another day he says a man may say i have faith he says you say you have faith and i have works show me your faith without your works and i will show you my faith by my works you know you show your faith by your works you believe that there is a god you do well this thing always disturbs me even the demons believe and they tremble they even have actions demons they believe god is good and they tremble so there's no difference between me and a demon basically if i don't take action on my faith ouch Ow. you know you know demons quote scriptures right? yes and then he says but when or foolish man 
Faith without works is dead. And he goes on to tell you people who are justified by their actions. The faith of Abraham is justified in him being willing to kill his only son. He believed God that he would raise him from the dead. What do you believe? What has God said to you that you believe? Where is the proof? What have you done about it? Have you approached that girl? Have you become excellent at work? Have you given away that money? Have you started building that house? Have you bought that land? Have you applied for that job? Have you applied for that degree or that diploma or that PhD or whatever it is? Have you, what are you doing with what you say you believe? Or you're waiting for the money to show up, then you say you believe. No, you take, I don't know how many times I have done that. Signed up for a course, I remember John Maxwell team. It was going to cost like maybe 7,000, the whole thing, dollars. I didn't have a single cent, I signed up. Once I signed up, the money started coming and I went. How can I explain it? I don't know. It's like, that's how the spiritual realm works. The unseen creates the seen. You can't wait for things to show up, then you take action. Then you say you believe. You're just like the people who don't believe in God. And many of us are, be, are living like unbelievers. The end of your faith is in your actions. Be biased towards action. Be biased towards action. I'm going to close with a scripture that you're going to enjoy. And many of us have a song for it, right? The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. We go on. Yeah, finish the song in your home. Some of you are disturbed that I've not finished the song. But that's where we are going. In the book of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus tells a parable. And he's saying, he says, therefore, why am I starting on therefore? Let's start on verse 21. Matthew 7, 21. He says, not everyone that calls me Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Have you heard? The true sons of God even says it to his disciples, that you're my disciples indeed if you hear what I say and do it. These things of saying Jesus is my Lord, but you don't do what he says. He's not your Lord. Those are words. Even me, I can come and say so and so is my husband and he's not. Words mean nothing. But where is the proof? Jesus is not your Lord if you don't do what he says. Because it's so hard. It's so difficult. Of course, that's why he tells you be strong and courageous so that you can do what I say. And once you start doing it, you realize it's the easier life. The harder life is walking in disobedience. He says, not everyone who calls me Lord. It's not about what you say. It's what you do. Many will say, Ah, we can talk. Pentecostals especially. We, someone said that the Pentecostal church is the mouth on the whole body of Christ. We talk, 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 talk. He said, many will say to me on the day of the Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name? Uh, you see what we are saying? You're talking, prophesying, casting out devils, talking. And in your name we did many wonderful works and I will profess to them, I will say to them, I never knew you. Why? You didn't obey me. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And then he says, therefore, based on this, whoever hears these sayings of mine, it begins with hearing. We talked about that knowledge. You cannot act if you don't know. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Okay? And he says, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, it did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. Listen to me, as long as you're alive, there will be trouble. 
As long as you're in this life, there will be trouble, there will be storms, there will be so many things that come for your attention. But those who have acted on the word of God, oh, it gets easier. Because you're not shaken. When you act on the word of God, it's not easy to shake you. The enemy knows that and that's why he wants you to be fearful and take action on deception, on fear, on emotions. No, it is written. The written thing doesn't change with circumstances. It's not that when things are tight, God says, now don't give. Or he says, now dishonor your spouse. No, you honor in the tough times and in the good times. In fact, it is more less necessary to stand on the word when the storms come. Because the word of God is a rock. But if you don't build on it, if you don't take action on it, it will not work for you. And then he says, and everyone who hears, now both hear, both these men here, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is likened to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Hearing and not doing is building on sand. One day those things fall apart. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that house and it fell, and the fall was great. Have you seen those Christians where you say that person used to be so strong in the things of God? I don't know what happened. No, the foundations were not okay. Because you see, when it's built on emotion, you go to church, you feel good. Then you go and live your life apart from the word of God. Because you're waiting for a man of God or one woman of God to go and hear from God and come and tell you. But you see, like some of you now when I'm sharing, I'm confirming what you already saw in the word. So we strengthen one another. Don't become that Christian who is popcorn. You show up for like a small snack once a week. Your spirit man is so weak the whole week. Every time storms come, your spirit man can't stand up. On the outside, you look strong, but inside, hungry, destitute, tired, weary. Why? You're not strengthening the spirit man by feeding him on the word, exercising it in prayer and taking action even when you're scared. You take action. Not, you don't have to feel it to do it. You take action because it's what is supposed to be done. And then you start getting excited. You can work your way into excitement concerning the things of God because when they start to work, you can't deny the results. That's why he tells Timothy, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Give yourself entirely to them and your progress will be evident to all. And he says, great was that fall. That will not be your story. Don't be foolish. Don't hear the word of God and then you don't take action on it. Hear the word of God. Over and over. Saturate your life with God's word. Hear sermons like this one which you're hearing. Listen to it on Sunday. Read the Bible every day. Don't let a day pass without reading your Bible alone and hearing an extra sermon as a bare minimum or more. You can listen to someone at work, in the car, in a taxi, on a border border, wherever it is, you can listen at least one someone a day on top of the Bible that you've read and then take action on the word. Like today, never finish a someone without saying, I'm going to do this thing. One thing you're going to do. Some of you already know what you're supposed to do. There are many things God has spoken to you about. You're still there waiting for a feeling. Take action on the word because the end of your obedience is the end of your faith. Faith is the end of your obedience. And you know how what Jesus said to his disciples, he says that if you love me, you will do what I say. The proof of your love for God is in obedience to his word. And obedience doesn't have to be easy. Train yourself to be an obedient son and daughter of God and you're going to see great increase in your life because moving from inheritance to possession involves action at the end. Knowledge, warfare, action. Take the action. Take the land. Till it. Grow things on it. Your business, do something, register that business. Apply for that job. Apply for that, uh, that course. Do something. Put yourself out there. Open that social media page. I don't know what you need to do, but do something. Because until you take action, 
the word of God remains unfruitful. Faith minus works is dead. Faith plus works is fruitful and it produces results. And I'd like you to take action on some of your faith today on top of all the other things I've talked about. If you're watching us today and you've never met Jesus Lord of your life, oh, you're missing out. You don't need to give up anything. In fact, you give him your worthless, sinful life. And he gives you a life that is full of love, of joy, of a life of purpose, a life beyond yourself. Because this is not just about you. Your life is supposed to minister to others. And so I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. It's so easy. He says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Just like that, you'll be saved. If you believe that he died for your sins and rose again, that you may live a life of fullness. Just like that, you're born again. So if you'd like to make that decision today, pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I accept your love. I accept your forgiveness. I give you the weight of my sins. And I receive your life. I receive your acceptance. Today I am a child of God. I am born again. Take my life and do something with it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a glorious thing you've just done. Right now you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to get in touch with me. Let me know what has happened. I'd like to also connect you to resources that can help guide you on this journey that you've just begun. Because even if you don't feel it, you have completely changed status from death to life, from darkness to light. And would like to help you make sense of what has happened. Reach out to us on our social media platforms. You know, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. would like to hear from you and to help you make sense of what has happened. Remember to share, share, share this message with, with as many friends and family as you can so that we don't grow alone, okay? And of course, I'll see you again next week. Remember to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe for much more of these wonderful things that we're sharing with you. We'll see you again next week with another Faith Booster. You're blessed.